0: Uh, We've been talking about key uh, cultural aspects of our community. These are things that we hold on to, things that we hold dear. They're both a reality and they're also aspirational. And we've been uh, sharing around that. And so if you've missed, uh, two weeks ago, we had our first instalment of it. It's the second instalment this week and we're going to look at the last two next week. We're actually going to have two different people speaking today and that's been a key part of this series. So in just a moment... I'm going to invite um, Pastor Margot to come, and then Sarah's going to share as well. And it's going to be great to hear from their heart about what God has put on their heart around these values and why they're significant. But the other cool thing has been that um, there's been some recording happening of some people in our church community sharing what these values mean to them. And so we have a video, and so if you look at the screen, hopefully you can see it okay. We're going to watch this video.
1: Hi, I'm Lisa, and I'm Tristan, and we've been at Horizon
2: for about just over a year. I'm Jackie, and I'm Ryan, and we've been at Horizon for just over a year. Uh, So I'm Eden, I'm
3: Andy,
2: and we started at Horizon, I think we started in March 2020, is that right?
3: January 2020.
2: Well, go. January 2020, so it's been two years now, which is pretty cool.
0: I
4: think I'd describe hope as having the confidence and the courage to face the unknown. And obviously that's linked in with faith in God and God and trusting him and hoping in his promises.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that. That's a pretty good definition. I think hope is all about despite your circumstances and how tough life can get. Um, there's still that underlying hope and that underlying joy that even though right now things might be really hard, that we have a hope that is bigger than our current circumstances.
4: So for me, I think hope is, um, it's sort of like an outworking of faith. So faith being um, belief in God, hope being, I guess, more of a personalised or internalised type version of that.
2: I guess seeing good things ahead is really simple. I think hope is something that you can ultimately only get from God. and it's something that sustains us through really hard times and through good times as well. Um, and it's something that is shared in community as well. It uh, yeah, it fuels us and it keeps us going. My experience of Horizon has been that we learn about hope not just through the teaching and bible studies but through witnessing it in other people throughout the community as well so i know when we've been through periods that felt were i suppose hopeless or without hope we were able to see through other people's journeys and stories just the immense hope there was in god but also um just in life in general so i think it's a mixture of the teachings and community and just how everyone kind of gathers together um yeah that's that's how I see hope in our community.
3: Yeah, and certainly um, we've all been sharing in the tough times, but even having the Sundays just to share in community with other believers and uh, just sharing the hard times together has, has made it a lot more bearable. And um, and sharing that hope together, I think is really necessary and important and it certainly kept me going. Um, the last couple of years have been um, a lot easier having the community we've had at Horizon. and Not to say it's been easy, but I don't know how it would have gone without Horizon, to be honest.
1: I see loads of opportunities at Horizon because the attitude from the people at Horizon is serve according to your gifts and talents and serve if you feel called and led. So something that I really love is there's absolutely no pressure to serve but also you're not squashed. If you've got an idea and you are passionate about something and you feel called or led to be a part of the church and serve the church in a certain way, there is just so much positivity and so much opportunity to do that um, in a really loving way.
4: Yeah, because everyone's so friendly and it's such a family community at Horizon, there's that opportunity just to connect with people and it's just effortless in the best possible way. So you can, even if you're not serving in any formal capacity, you have opportunities just to meet with people and connect with them and share stories. I think the good thing with um... Uh, I guess opportunities in the church is it doesn't have to be something overly formal you know it doesn't have to be serving with the teams although I'm sure the church would appreciate that but you know, you're someone who um who may see someone uh in need or just see someone you know that you want to say hello to and that person may you know not have made much of a connection or anything so it doesn't need to be something formal just you know any opportunity to um to use your gifts or explore your gifts uh, for, you know in the church is great. Again, it's
3: a pretty caring environment to get out there and try some things. Um, in, I mean, certainly my experience at Horizon is that it's a really supportive group of people and, and Christians in, in general as well. It's a really important and rewarding, you know, time to actually get amongst people and, uh, and share your strengths and weaknesses. But, but more to the point, yeah, um, what a safe space to try things and to learn and to grow and to, to get wisdom from others that have gone through things before but also share your own experiences with others as well um, and then you can take that into the world you know um, let, let the church be a practice ground you know and then then go and, and get out there and, uh, and inspire others
2: yeah I think it's important to have a place where you can live out your faith and live out, you know, your teachings. And it's not always easy, but having these spaces where not only you feel comfortable coming to and trying to live out um, everything that we learn, but you could also invite others to. You know, we've had some great events. Um, Some of the women's events have been fantastic and have brought all sorts of different people along. And it's an opportunity for us, yeah, to kind of as a community all come together and really, I suppose, practice what we preach and bring it together um, and fail sometimes and do it successfully sometimes, but learn and grow together. Um, I,
5: I got, actually got to see that yesterday because Greg was editing it and it's like, this is so good. And I was just, yeah, it was lovely to hear from different people in the congregation and the same the previous one we saw. Just so good to hear what people think and feel about these values of the church. Now today I'm preaching on hope. Let's see, there we go, excellent. And in that up there it says, our conversations at horizon resound with hope. We have encountered the God of hope and we can't help but share this and speak life in our interactions. Now this value is one that sets us apart from others. There are many other organisations, clubs, societies, what have you, that would say they have the same or very similar values to us. And that's not surprising. They're good values. But while they may say that they have hope, they hope for certain things, it doesn't take much for their hope to be demolished because it's based on what's around them and often on circumstances outside of their control. Biblical hope is based on the reality of God. It acknowledges what is around, but it looks to the truth of God for what the present is and what the future holds. It is confident expectation that what God has said will happen. God is the God of hope. Remember the verse that Pastor Simon used in a previous series, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If we want true hope, it has to come from God. It's not something we can conjure up. It's not wishful thinking. It doesn't even matter how optimistic you are or how optimistic you're not. It's not optimism. Biblical hope is not based on what we have done or can do. It is from God and it's freely available for us. It's not something we have to try and work up. It's something that is available for us from God. When we have this hope from the God of hope, we will have true joy and peace. We're not trying to find these in our circumstances. We're not trying to look on the silver lining or whatever of what you're going through. We have this despite our circumstances. This hope and peace and joy is something that we so need and what those around us need. And we're to share this with other people. We have the hope of salvation and eternal life. At the beginning of the book of Titus, Paul writes about God. He says, God who does not lie promised this before the beginning of time. Our hope is not based in something that maybe God might do, it's possible he might, some sort of vague wish that maybe this is what God will do. It's based on what God has said, and his word is true. God's desire is for us to be with him eternally. He has promised to save those who trust in Christ and bring them to be in his presence forever. That's an amazing thing. He's promised that. And our hope is solid. It's based on the character of God. It's not something that's, um, you know, like feeble or anything like that. It's solid. It's based on God's character. This hope is to be living and active, affecting every part of who we are and what we do. 1 Peter three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If the hope we receive from God is not living and active within us, then there's something wrong. Either we don't know God, we don't really know God, because this hope comes from him, or we're not trusting him. We're not believing that he will do what he has said. A living hope doesn't stay contained in its own little space. It's not sort of like tucked into a box and you're like, well, there's my box of hope, you know. It's quite safe there. It's just sitting there and it's quite safe. A living hope is obvious. Greg makes bread, and the yeast he adds to the dough causes it to grow, to expand. You can see it changing. You can see the impact of that yeast. The hope we have is like that yeast. It should expand within us and flow out of us. In Ephesians 1.18, Paul writes... I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. We need to let the Holy Spirit work in us and show us what God has for us, where our hope is based and what that means to us now. We need to let the Holy Spirit keep shining his light in our hearts and minds so that we stay strong in this hope. We can lose sight of the fact that we have an inheritance in heaven and that what happens here on this earth will not destroy that. Nothing can destroy that, nothing we go through. We need to keep our sight fixed on that. It can be easy to lose our focus by what's happening to us. Sometimes what's happening to us seems more real than knowing that God has this hope for us, that that we have this hope in God. We get caught up in our circumstances. But we're to be people of hope regardless of the circumstances. This hope directs how we believe and how we act. Colossians 1, 3 to 5. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. Even though we can't see what God has for us, I mean, we can try and imagine what it would be like to be with God in heaven eternally, but we don't really know. Like we, I imagine if I asked different people, you'd kind of give me similar things, but certain things would be different, what you thought would be like. And maybe years ago, a pastor that we knew, he was very keen on gardening. He's like, I can see myself up there in God's presence just doing the garden, just doing gardening all day. That would be my idea of heaven. Who knows? We don't actually know that. What we do know is that God has said that this is ours. So that should affect how we live and act now. Our faith is based in what has happened, that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. And our hope is based in what will happen, that God will bring us to be with him eternally. These two combined make a strong foundation for our lives. This shows in how we live. This hope should help us and strengthen us now. It should be affecting and directing what we do every day. We don't need to panic. We don't need to develop an every-person-for-themselves attitude. And this is so important for the world at the moment. It doesn't mean that we'll be exempt from the difficulties that are happening around us. The hope we have doesn't mean we're going to be sheltered from life's problems or be oblivious to them. We sort of float along regardless of what's happening. We will face sickness, economic troubles, uncertainty about almost every aspect of life. What it does affect is how we face these things, how we act in response to them. In the book of Hebrews, it talks of this hope being an anchor for our soul. It is firm and secure. We need an anchor for our lives. So that we don't get swept away by the storms of doubt, fear, defeat or trials. Or so we don't drift away through apathy, apathy, complacency, even success. Because of Jesus, this hope as our anchor is firmly set in God. It is a firm anchor that we have for our lives. Let's think about the last couple of years. I know a lot of people are like, don't talk about the last couple of years, but I just want to draw one point out of the last couple of years. As the country went into lockdown in 2020, we saw fights over toilet paper. I mean, people were even arrested. It was crazy. Suppliers were working overtime. There were, you know, all the supermarkets were empty and it was just a really crazy time. Middle of 2021, Sydney went into lockdown again. And what started appearing on social media... Photos of empty toilet paper aisles in the supermarkets. It seemed to be that people's attitude was, well, if I've got my toilet paper, I can face anything. (laughs) Hope in temporal things doesn't last. As Christians, we have to be careful to make sure our hope isn't centred in people, positions, places or possessions, no matter how good they are. So often we grasp for things that make us feel we are in control of our lives. It is so important that we relinquish our attempt to control our lives and look to God who holds all things in his hands. Only as our hope is centred in God will we share true hope to others. If we are living in this hope, we will be filled with hope for others because this hope comes from God's love for us. And that should overflow from us to other people. We will be looking out for them, valuing them, seeing what their needs are, not just what we have or what we need. We will be able to be bold and to persevere. God is with us no matter what we face. In whatever we go through, He is there. He hasn't changed. Circumstances change, people change, so much changes around us, but God hasn't changed. He is still the same. He is the God of hope who gives us hope, hope to live confidently and hope to share with others. We need to speak out and share hope. It's no good saying our hope is in Jesus and then being upset by everything that is around us. While we need to be real about our lives, I'm not saying, you know, be this sort of super spiro person that doesn't you know take notice of anything else we need to be real about our lives about our circumstances but we need to show that we're not overcome by them we need to show that we have true hope that we know this true hope and we need to share where this true hope comes from i want to encourage you this week to look at where your hope is based You probably think, oh, yeah, I've got hope in God. Make sure, make sure in what you're living, how you're living, what you're thinking, what you're doing, make sure it's based in God. Then look at how you can share this hope with other people. Are you living in a way that shows others around you that you do have this true hope in God? Would they, if they looked at your life, go, yes, I see that person has something. They have a hope that I don't have. Or would they think, oh, no, they say they do, but they're just the same as everyone else. And then see, make sure of these things, and then see how you can help other people to know this true hope. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, the God of hope, we thank you for the hope you give us. We thank you that your hope is secure and sure, that we do have that. And I pray that we will be people of hope, real people who can share this hope to others who show others that there is something beyond our circumstances, that we are not overcome by them. Help us to direct others to you, to the God of hope who holds all things in his hand. Amen. And now Sarah's going to bring the other part of the message this week. Hi, everyone. It's so good to be here today and see you all. This is different
6: for me, being speaking instead of singing in front of a mic, Um, but I'll give this my best Go. So today I'm talking about another one of Horizon's values, which is opportunity. I want to talk about what it means, what it doesn't mean, and why it's one of our core values. So at Horizon, we value everyone having the opportunity to live out their purpose and engage in their giftings. So this means that we create opportunities for everyone to be involved in serving others in our church community and our wider community, using their unique skills and talents to bless others and show God's love in a real and tangible way. We will never pressure, guilt, or force someone to be involved, but we value making opportunities for people to find their purpose and to be a part of what God has called them to do. So growing up in church and also with James and I joining Horizon a year ago, I've, I've been fortunate enough to witness the power of what happens when a community of people get together to willingly go above and beyond to serve others using what God has given them to complement and strengthen each other, and in doing so, achieving so much more than you ever could alone. So I've served in church in various ways for most of my life, and I can honestly say it's the times when I've been using the gifts God has given me to serve others, that's when i felt the closest to God. That's when I felt like I'm living out my purpose and being part of something bigger than myself. So as one example... In church, I've had the opportunity to lead worship for many years. And while I don't have the most beautiful or technically well-trained voice, being part of a band that is singing praise and glory to Jesus is when I feel most alive. Um, I'm generally not a very outgoing person, but when I sing, I don't feel shy or reserved. I just, all of that self-consciousness just falls away and I just feel uncontainable joy. So for me, serving with others in the band just feels like, flowing. And you might have heard other people, you know, sometimes talk about that flowing when they're using their gifting or their skills. It's a similar feeling maybe in the arts or in their careers, or you might have felt it playing as part of a sports team. But I think there's something more special and rewarding about seeing a christ a community taking opportunities to use their gifts to serve others. So, 1 Peter 4.10 Says that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I really love that this verse expresses how God's grace has various forms, that it can't be properly expressed in its fullness unless each of us participates in loving and serving others. It also points to how God has specifically given each of us very different gifts and talents with the purpose of serving others and not ourselves. It is this higher and eternal purpose, motivated by the love of God, that distinguishes our community from just being a great team. Seeing godly service in action is also a witness to others of the truth about Jesus that he's transforming our lives. And in 1 John 3.18 it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. So nothing, nothing speaks louder than selfless giving and service to others. However, often in church, I I think I've seen people misunderstand what opportunity and serving is all about. Some people don't believe there are any opportunities for them to serve, so they don't participate because they think, oh, I don't have any talents, I'm not musical, I can't preach, I can't lead, I've got no gift to give. And that's, I think, because we mistakenly elevate some more visible gifts above others, thinking some are more important than others. But this is not what the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians 12 and from verses 4 to 31, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he's describing how a community of Jesus followers is meant to work together. He starts by saying in verses 4 to 6, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So he goes on to explain that some people have the gift of wisdom, others have the gift of clear understanding or simple trust or healing the sick or miraculous acts or proclaiming God's word or speaking and interpreting tongues. And he describes this community of different people using different gifts, using the analogy of the body, where every part plays a different role but every part needs each other to work. So then in verses 21 to 26, he writes, "'The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you,' And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. So it's pretty clear, I think, from this passage that everyone's unique gift and role is needed to make the body of Christ flourish. Using these different opportunities to serve builds our faith and it turns our words into actions and it transforms the way we actually view ourselves and the way we view others. I think God intentionally wanted to place us together in a community in active service to each other so that we can grow in our faith and become more like Jesus. And this just can't happen by passively sitting back and observing. Serving involves sacrifice and it won't be easy. And like going back to my singing example, it definitely wasn't like flowing when I first started singing and leading in worship. It's very far from that. It took years of learning and practicing and listening to the Holy Spirit and learning from other people that were doing something really amazing and that's how I got to this feeling now where I feel like I'm flowing in my gift. It took a lot of time. Um, But I think, yeah, some people think they might be too busy to serve or that you're not needed because everyone else has it covered. But when you serve, you become an active part of God's plan for this community and for your life. This is an opportunity that you don't want to miss out on. So I love that at Horizon... We value opportunities for everyone to serve, no matter what their gift is. In this community, there are opportunities for you to use your skills in making people feel loved and welcome, administration, planning. You can host people for dinners or Bible study. You can organize events. You can set up or pack up behind the scenes, serve coffee, encourage others through sharing your understanding, your experience, or your wisdom, or pray for each other. Each gift builds up and strengthens our community in different ways. And I think it's also important to remember another common misunderstanding about serving in church is that you need to do absolutely everything, burning yourself out. Sometimes we think that the more we do for God at church, the better, that we somehow become better Christians if we're volunteering for everything that we can possibly volunteer for. I think while it's beautiful and rewarding to be involved in a church community, burning ourselves out is not healthy Serving to the best of our ability is often about finding the things that we're good at, that suit our talents, our personalities, our experiences or the stage of life where we are at. Having wisdom in what opportunities we take to serve others sets us up for living for Christ for our whole lives, not just for a season and then drifting away because we want to run the whole race set before us, not just a few metres. And further, we often mistakenly think that Serving means participating in specific activities that only happen in church on a Sunday. While this is a rewarding and beautiful way to participate in community and use your gifts, serving is actually so much more than that. In Galatians 6, verse 10, Paul writes, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So I think this is clear that we are called to serve everyone as well as our fellow believers and use our gifts in so many ways, including outside of the church. So I was thinking, you know, perhaps you can be called to use your skills and talents at work to honour God or to take some of your time to show God's love to your stressed-out colleagues. You might be called just to smile and show kindness to the homeless person on the street as you walk past. You might be called to use your gift of hospitality and have some people over for dinner You might be called to be a godly example to your children, telling them about Jesus and setting their lives on the right path. Or you might be called to pray for healing for someone you know who is unwell. Opportunities to serve our wider community and our faith community are all around us and they're not just on Sunday when we meet together here at Duffy. Finally, opportunity is one of our church's core values, I think, because of Jesus' own example. And Matthew 20 verse 28 says... The Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It is only when we take the opportunity to use our gifts to build up and support each other that our community of faith comes alive. When we use our gifts in a healthy way, our love for each other and for Jesus goes from just nice-sounding words to observable and tangible love. So I thought let's just pray. God, we thank you so much for your grace, your love and your kindness towards us and that you have provided us with opportunities to love and to serve others following in your example. Please help us to be more like you every day. And we pray that this community in Horizon that you've placed us in, that will be marked and distinguished by our active love and service for each other. And also help us, God, to have the strength to keep going when we don't feel like we can and when things are really hard. Help us to be motivated to run this race well, God, and partner with you with serving others and serving people in this community and our wider community. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Awesome. How good is that? How good is it? Um, That was awesome, Sarah. I know it's not something that you feel particularly comfortable with, but it was so good to hear from you. And um, a a month or so ago when I... Um, asked some of the team who would be happy to share. Sarah put her hand straight up and so what a blessing it is and what a blessing it was too to hear from uh, Pastor Margo and from the others uh, that were filmed who gave up their time during the week to share with us their, their view and their heart on, on these two key values for us. So that's fantastic. Um, God is good and we are a church that wants to speak hope speak words of life uh, in our uh, conversations, Um, but we are also a church of opportunity. And if you've been looking for an opportunity to serve, as Sarah said, uh, there is always opportunity. There's never pressure, but there is always opportunity. If you're looking for a place to serve, you can come and chat with Abby, you can chat with me, you can chat with Ad's. Um, Ads is the master of the roster. He looks after all of that stuff, which is a huge job. And he's always looking for people in various capacities. So if that's something that um, you feel God is calling you to, then please uh, let us know. Let me pray. God, we thank you, uh, particularly for those who shared this week. For uh, those who shared on the video uh, who gave up their time to just speak about um, what you've put on their hearts, but also for Pastor Margo and for Sarah, Lord, we thank you that when we get into your word, that it it brings life. Lord God, we thank you that it also challenges us. And Father, we pray that uh, in those spots in our spirits, in our lives where you feel challenged by what we've heard today. Lord God, that you would uh, grow us through those things, that our lives would increasingly be aligned with your plans and your purposes for us, with the way that you would have us live, the way that you would have us serve. And so, Father, we just pray that we would continue to be a church that speaks hope. Lord God, that we would in our conversations, Father, in even in the little passing conversations and in the deep and meaningful ones, Lord God, that we would be people who declare the hope that we have in you. Father, we pray for a new boldness, a new courage in our workplaces and in our families to speak hope. Lord God, when, when people might be despairing, Lord God, that they would look to us and, and uh, marvel at the fact that even in uh, desperate times, Lord God, that we have this abiding hope. Lord God, that they would ask us where that comes from. And in doing so, Father, that we would be able to speak of the hope that we have in you. And Lord God, we thank you that each one of us, every single one of us, the youngest and the oldest, Lord, and everyone in between, is gifted because you have made us unique and you have made us with a purpose. And so, Lord, we just pray that we would be able to operate in that, Father, that we would be an active and functioning part of the body. Knowing, Lord God, that as each one of us operates in that space, Father, that the body, each one of us in this community, is able to live life to its fullest. And so. Lord, we just pray for that. In Jesus' name, amen.